Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the April edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Taking a look at the front page of the Crestone Eagle and starting with this article, Town of Baca Grande. More questions and answers at POA hosted meeting. This was written by Amelia Stern. A group seeking to incorporate the town of Baca Grande is filing a second petition that would put the issue to a vote, citing a desire for greater autonomy and improved services like road maintenance and police responsiveness. But opponents are asking, at what cost? More than 50 area residents convened in person or on Zoom on March 22nd to exchange ideas and ask questions about the proposed town. No one seems to be able to answer this question with certainty, partly due to a lack of any official, up-to-date figures. In 2003, the Baca Grand Governance Research Committee conducted a feasibility analysis, concluding that municipal incorporation was not feasible at the time due to insufficient population, a heavy dependency upon residential property taxes to finance the municipality, and a limited commercial tax base in the Baca. While the population has nearly doubled in the past 20 years, the prospect of increased property taxes remains a serious concern. According to that same report, the trend in municipal government is to rely more on sales tax revenue and less on property taxes to finance general government services. At that time, the report concluded that any municipal formation in the Baca Grande would have had to rely on property tax since there was virtually no commercial development. In the 20 years since the report was published, commercial development in the Baca remains nearly non-existent, although supporters of the township estimated $303,056.67 in revenue that would be collected in sales tax from online retailers. Many residents voiced concern that property taxes will immediately, or eventually, rise to keep up with the responsibilities of township. A proposed new town of Baca Grande will need to, will need to assess a mill levy tax to collect property taxes, said resident Charlie Whipple. That means additional taxes for folks on top of the outflow of cash we are currently paying as property owners, he said. In a flyer shared with the group, proponents of the town rejected this concern. If we incorporate, only a vote by registered voters in the town of Baca Grande would raise taxes. Becoming a town would give every resident in the Baca Grande subdivision a voice in the town of Baca Grande's future, the flyer said. Residents were left to wonder what the other sources of revenue a new town of Baca Grande could count on besides taxes. Twenty years ago, the committee estimated projected revenues available for a municipality outside of tax revenues were $313,080. The estimated operating costs at the time were predicted to be $710,340. These numbers were calculated based on the assumption that the municipality would assume all the functions of the Baca Grand Property Owners Association, BGPOA. A budget was not prepared for the BGPOA operating in a reduced capacity in tandem with the municipality. 
Supporters of the township passed out their own budget estimates, citing total annual revenue of $1,716,056.67 to be collected primarily through sales tax, property tax, and revenue from vehicle registrations and gas tax. They calculated the town's expenses, which included employee expenses, insurance, and work compensation, fire and ambulance services, and more, at $1,715,800. In this same handout, proponents of the town assumed that, in exchange for all assets of the POA being transferred to the new municipality, the town would provide at least the same level of service as presently conducted by the POA. When asked how they came up with their numbers, there was no clear response from township supporters. Part of the disagreement on financial feasibility stems from a lack of clarity on the shared responsibilities between the proposed town and the POA. The town of Baca Grande has no assets, no income, no property, Whipple notes. It appears that the budget of the proponents is largely based on taking over the POA assets and income. Having a proposed town of Baca Grande will not get rid of the POA or their current responsibilities, he says. One of the petition's fiercest advocates, resident Desiree Marceau, is partially motivated by a desire to dissolve the POA. According to a PBS article published in 2022, she began to research alternatives to the association after battling them in a three-year lawsuit over a building permit. I started looking for ways to basically dissolve the POA. I just basically started Googling, like, how do you start your own town? She was quoted as saying, in the PBS piece. Marceau now owes the association $26,000 in past due assessments and legal fees, while other township proponents also owe tens of thousands of dollars according to reliable sources. If township doesn't automatically dissolve the POA, Whipple asked the group, what will the proposed town of Baca Grande give us that we do not already have, and at what cost? Despite passionate arguments from both sides, residents recognize that they share the same motivation. There's a lot of passion around this issue, says PGPOA Vice President Leroy West. We want to find a way for things to be more efficient and serve residents better. Everyone has that same motivation. They have a desire to collect fees more fairly and provide services more effectively, he says. The author of this article, Amelia Stern, is an investigative reporter and newcomer to Crestone. When she's not writing, she's either hiking or watching the latest true crime documentary with her cat, Cleo. Now turning to letters to the editor, questions for Baca Grand Water and Sanitation District. Dear readers, I recently posed these questions to the current Baca Groundwater and Sanitation District Board of Directors. I have gotten no response, so I now present these questions to the new board forming in May. Question 1. Why is our banking done in Utah County, Utah? We have a local credit union. Will you consider keeping our money here and building community by investing locally? Question 2. Why is our accountant in Denver? A responsible public institution should make its accountant transparent and available. Also, she is the same accountant that does the books for the POA. Will you consider hiring a local accountant? Question 3. Why are meetings on Zoom only? The COVID narrative is passé. Will you consider welcoming the public back into the boardroom for meetings? Let's conduct a constituent audit and put the public back into our waterworks. It pays many-fold to engage locally 
as it builds community, transparency, and trust. If you like this initiative, please vote for me in the May 2nd election. This was written by William Peck. Another Baca Groundwater and Sanitation District letter. Karras and Smith for Water District Board. To the editor, I am writing to remind members of the Baca Groundwater and Sanitation District to return their ballots by May 2nd and to vote for David Karras and Mike Smith for the two open board seats. Mr. Karras is running for the seat vacated after the resignation last summer of Bill Peck. Mr. Karras is an entrepreneur, having built a career in the natural foods distribution business in Colorado and New Mexico. Mr. Karras is a longtime friend of Crestone and the Baca Grand, having visited here for many years. He recently bought several lots in Casita Park. He is able to hear all sides of an issue and can be expected to support current programs to develop and retain staff, to prevent water loss, to advance the master plan, and to expand district wastewater processing capacity. David understands financial statements, budgets, negotiations, and has a high degree of emotional intelligence. He will serve the board as a servant, administrator, and not in a political or watchdog role. Likewise, Mike Smith, returning for a second term on the board, has proven to be a valued member of the leadership team. Mike supports common-sense policies and does not get distracted by political drama or personal agendas. He is a team player, always available to come by the office to fulfill administrative needs of the staff and to be a general morale booster for all of us. Please vote for Mike Smith. I currently serve as board president. Our board is diverse in skills, and we work together as a team to serve the district and to address its pressing needs. I work hard to identify leaders for the board who will advance the best interests of our community. Please vote Karis and Smith. They will provide the caring and steady leadership we need. This was written sincerely by Vivia Lawson. <clears throat> Water Candidate Dear Editor, My name is Mike Smith and I am running for one of the two vacancies on the Baca Grand Water and Sanitation District, BGWSD, Board of Directors. I have been a Baca Grand property owner and resident for almost six years and have served three of those years on the board as Secretary and Treasurer and am currently a member of the district's budget committee. I have extensive professional knowledge of how water and sanitation operations work. Before I retired here in 2017, I held a Class B water and wastewater treatment plant operator license for the National Park Service for nine years and did water treatment at the Little Bighorn Battlefield National Monument in Montana and in Mesa Verde National Park. My experience also includes 12 years managing water rights, water system repair and maintenance, budgeting and water allocation for a 1,500-acre cattle and hay ranch in Mancos, Colorado, and during that time I served on the board of the Mancos Water Conservation District. Now that I am retired, I continue to enjoy carpentry and working on my classic 1951 Chevy truck that you might have seen me driving around town. I am a decorated Vietnam veteran and was an engineer with the 1st Marine Division. With my current experience serving on the BGWSD board and previous professional experience in water and sewer system management and repair and working with other local water boards, I think I would continue to be a valuable addition to the board. You should have received a ballot in the mail that needs to be returned by May 2nd. I would appreciate you voting for me to continue in my current board position. Thank you. Mike Smith. Now turning to food bank news, 
Crestone Food Bank nears new location. Jules and Courtney Crow Carrig, the new managers of the Crestone Food Bank, are close to securing a new location. A building owned by the Baca Grand Property Owners Association has been identified. The next step is to have the building inspected. The goals of the inspection are to determine if the building has the structural and electrical capacity to support the refrigeration equipment and freezers, i.e. are the floors strong enough to support the weight, determine if the structure is rodent-proof, measure ADA compliance, Make sure the care and share and La Puente food pantry requirements can be met. Identify other repairs needed to get the building move-in ready. If after the inspection the building is deemed viable, CFB will work on a plan to cover the repair expenses. The hope is to receive financial support from the Swatch County, the POA, the Town of Crestone, grant funding, and community donations. The timeline for reopening the food bank will be determined by the amount of work the building needs, how quickly the funds are secured, and how much community support is needed to get it ready. The next phase prior to the reopening will include moving the large equipment from La Puente's storage facility in Alamosa, re-establishing delivery of food from Karen Cher and our other partners, and hosting a Pack the Pantry party. The Pack the Pantry Party will be an opportunity for the community to fill the shelves with donations, get a tour of the new facility, and learn how to become a recipient, volunteer, or donor. We may even have live music and, of course, food. Jules and Crow's ongoing behind-the-scenes work will continue, including grant writing, soliciting donations, preparing volunteer training materials, and setting up the distribution logistics. A needs assessment survey for recipients, volunteers, and donors will be available at crestonefoodbank.org, that's a website, crestonefoodbank.org, in the coming weeks. It will help determine what hours the food bank will be open, what food is purchased for the pantry, how many volunteers we can count on, and how donors want to contribute. If you want to receive food from the food bank, volunteer, or donate, please take the survey. The website crestonefoodbank.org will have regular reopening updates, including information on the Pack the Pantry Party. The website will have posted opportunities for volunteers and donors to get involved in the reopening process. We also want your creative genius for our upcoming Crestone Food Bank logo contest. And a corresponding article, Area Food Banks. During the time the Crestone Food Bank is closed, area residents can are welcome to visit any food bank member of the food bank network of the San Luis Valley. These include the Moffitt Food Bank, located at Free Spirit Christian Church, open from 2 to 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. Their phone is 719-256-5114. The Swatch Food Bank, located at Swatch County Social Services, 605 Christie Avenue, open Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and their phone is 719-655-2537. And the Alamosa Food Bank at 513 6th Street, open Mondays to Fridays, noon to 4 p.m. For further information, please call Annalise Bear at 719-589-4567. And now we have a Meet Your Representatives article, Town of Crestone Trustee Adam Kinney. This was written by Amelia Stern. When Adam Kinney moved to Crestone in his early 20s, he was looking for a place to call home. 
More than 20 years later, he has raised all three of his kids here and is serving on the Creststone Board of Trustees for his fourth non-consecutive term. I really love the empty canvas on which you can create yourself and your reality, he says of living in Creststone. I love the rebellious aspect of being way out here and not completely immersed in what the rest of the world is doing, he said. Kinney and his wife and business partner, Christina Cabeza Kinney, run Blue Earth Design, a local business that designs and manufactures natural, handcrafted product displays. The couple took over the shop in 2014 from master woodworker Bruce Nigren, who originally founded it in 1997. They've expanded the business, designing and selling wooden ornaments, boxes, bowls, and cutting boards, as well as providing custom laser cutting, engraving, and silk screening services. We're the largest exporter of manufactured goods in the Baca, says Kinney. When he's not working in his shop on T Road, he's working for the people of Crestone. Kinney joined the Board of Trustees to be what he calls a working man's hero. I've always made a stand for protecting people's livelihoods, he says. As a longtime resident and experienced trustee, Kinney says his goal has always been to maintain authentic and safe access to local government. I understand what it's like to feel disenfranchised by local government, he says. When I hear of someone feeling disenfranchised or disempowered, I like to knock on their door and help them feel heard. With the three years he has left in his four-year term, Kinney would like to see the Baca and the town of Crestone work more closely together. The most important thing that needs to happen is a bridge between the two, he says. Physically, that bridge could be a community center, complete with facilities for a gym, library, performing arts center, and a skate park that can serve both communities. According to Kinney, the facility has been in the works for more than a decade, but this latest incarnation was brought to life by a 2019 conversation with local high school students around healthy alternatives to substance use. But the idea was vehemently opposed by two board members, he says. More recently, the conversation has come up again, and there are a few people representing the Crestone Charter School, the town, and the Baca Library who are pursuing the vision. This latest push for such a center is the direct and absolute result of careful and attentive listening to what our young people are telling us that they need, says Kinney. While Kinney has enjoyed getting involved in local government, it hasn't been without its challenges. I'm very disheartened by people's willingness to attack their neighbors' well-being and reputation to further their cause, and I think it's destroying our sense of community, he says. Give each other a little room to mess up and the opportunity to make it right again, said Kinney. Now turning to this article by Maddie Bell Lockish, Neighbors Helping Neighbors Experiences Increase from Those in Need. In these challenging economic times, Neighbors Helping Neighbors, NHN, your local nonprofit helping people in crisis for nearly 30 years, is rising to serve the community. NHN has had to go into its reserves to meet current community needs. We have been experiencing an unprecedented increase in the number of requests, along with an increase in the amount of money requested. Many of these requests are for rent. COVID rent grants and food benefit increases went away around the first of this year, and many working people cannot afford basic living expenses. Affordable housing is becoming a big problem nationwide, and we are not an exception to this trend. The firewood project sponsored by the Crestone Energy Exchange and NHN has completed another season. 
Thanks to people purchasing wood from us, we were able to donate 25 cords of wood to people who needed it. By December, we were going through over a cord a week and at the free wood pile. This level of use is not sustainable for us for very long. We are redesigning the wood pile, so hopefully we can keep it going for the coming year. With NHN's current funding situation, we are planning the best yard sale ever for the first weekend in June. This sale will be two days again this year, with the amazing Raven and crew organizing it. Thanks bunches, Raven and helpers. We will do pickups of larger loads of donations beginning the last week in April. You can schedule a donation pickup by emailing nhncrestoneco at gmail.com. Due to the cost of pickups, we are asking people to only request us to pick up items that are too large, heavy, or otherwise too difficult to drop off. We are going to add a houseplant section this year. NHN loves our community, and we are doing our best to be here for the long haul. If you feel moved to make a tax-deductible donation, our address is P.O. Box 822, Crestone, Colorado, 81131. You can also make a donation to our NHN account at Aventa Credit Union. Thanks for your support. Together, we can get through these hard times. Now taking a look at the happenings column. Free Community Song Bath by Crestone Threshold Singers. Many many members of the Crestone community are familiar with the Crestone Threshold Singers from the group singing at the bedsides of individuals facing imminent death or at cremations. A rare opportunity to hear the singers' tender, sacred lullabies will be available to the community on Saturday, April 15th, from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Shumai Center Gallery. This song bath is free to all and offers audience members a chance to take turns reclining in a zero-gravity chair to receive soft, harmonic songs from the Threshold Choir repertoire. The songs, mostly written by members of the larger Threshold Choir organization, which has chapters around North America and elsewhere, are non-religious but spiritual. They are meant to induce a state of relaxation, calm, and release. The Crestone Threshold singers are Anraya Arstad, Sharon Kokorin, Jillian Elzi, Hamida Nur, Susan Skellinger, and Julia Voss. They hope the song bath on April 15th will introduce a wider audience to their work, leading to more opportunities for them to fulfill their mission of singing for people in transition from this life. And taking a look at the community calendar, on Wednesday, April 12th, Crestone End of Life Project monthly meeting at 7 p.m. at Little Shepherd and Zoom. Their email is informedfinalchoices at gmail.com if you have questions. On Saturday, April 15th, Zoom Workshop, Change the Story Through Nonviolent Action, What You Can Do. This is from 3 to 5 p.m. on April 15th. It is free with registration, which is done at the website qrco.de slash suntalk, S-U-N-T-A-L-K. On Sunday, April 16th, Yogic Cooking Workshop at Shakti Sharanam. From 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., the cost is 40 to $60. For questions, call Annie, 719-256-5668. Also Sunday, April 16th, Sufi Dicker, all welcome to participate with us at the Golden Light Sufi Circle in person or over Zoom. Please email hamidanur303, that's H-A-M-I-D-A-N-U-R-303, 
at gmail.com or call 719-588-8602 from 3 to 5 p.m. On Wednesday, April 19th, BGWSD March 15th, or sorry, BGWSD board meeting at 9 a.m. via Zoom. Their website is bacawater.org for more information. Also, wine, cheese, and conversation at the Crestone Eagle. Crestone Eagle Community Media wants to know what you think. What do you want to see in the Eagle? Would you like to contribute in some way? How can we serve you better? Join us at the Eagle office at 180 West Galena on Friday, April 14th from 3 to 5 p.m. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.